and welcome to Largo, Florida Local. My name is Melissa Honeycutt. I am a realtor and your guide to living, working, and playing in mid Pinellas County. In today's episode, we talk to business owner Doug Whittington about the movement of conscious capitalism. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this amazing ride. here with Doug Whittington. He is the owner of a company called Ethos RX, and we'll talk a little bit more about his company later, but first we're going to dive into um, this movement called Conscious Capitalism. So Doug, tell us how you first came into contact with the idea of Conscious Capitalism. Sure, and uh, and thanks for inviting me in this morning, Melissa. You're very welcome. So, um, I've had a, a lot of different jobs. Uh, I just turned 45, to give you some perspective. So I've been working about 25 years. And um, in March of 2015, I was making more money than I'd ever made in my life, and I was more miserable than I'd ever been. And so I decided that I needed to kind of go back to the drawing board, so to speak. And uh, I left the, the occupation that I was in, and uh, decided to try and kind of get my arms around what I was going to do next. Uh, during that time, I was reading a blog of a, of a CEO from a company that I follow, and she talked about just coming back from a conscious capitalism summit and how engaging and exciting it was uh, to see this, this movement of, of individuals who were so engaged uh, to use business as a force for good. And uh, I had had what I consider to be somewhat of uh, an abusive relationship with business where uh, I was constantly uh, shocked and disappointed by how manipulated customers are, how manipulated suppliers are, just how people are, are treated badly and that the, the culture of business seemed to be that uh, it loves money and uses people. And it never really fit for me and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find my place in it despite uh, having a number of professional licenses and, and trying different things. So when I read this blog and heard that there was this movement called Conscious Capitalism, which to me sounded like an oxymoron, mm -hmm. uh, I, had to, I had to learn more. And so I just searched on the web and found uh, Conscious, Capitalism, Conscious Capitalism International out west. And then uh, that led me through their website to, to learn that there is actually a Florida chapter, uh, which a very bright a uh, person uh, named Vinny Tafuro started and uh, still is the president of today. And so I contacted him and uh, met some of the other members of the board and started just getting around some of the events that they were having and was really, really encouraged to learn that I was much less alone in my views of, of business uh, than I expected. So that's, that's how I came to uh, learn that it existed. Very cool. Now, for the person who is hearing about conscious capitalism for the first time, what do you think are some of the important things to understand about it? Um, I guess conscious is, of course, you know, doing the right thing when nobody's looking, and capitalism is, you know, the system of making money. Um, that is the backbone of the United States, really. Um, and so, what are some of the things that people need to understand about it that may not be as obvious? Sure. Um... I think, I think it's important to, to, to kind of look at the distinction between it and the status quo. T 
to help understand what it is. So um, the, the world of business that, that I've been in uh, was largely, I think, a product of economic theory that goes back decades. Um, so if you look at you know, Milton Friedman, a uh, Nobel Prize winning economist and his uh, theory of shareholder primacy, what we, what we arrive at is that a, a company's sole purpose is to generate profit for its shareholders. Okay, so when you play that out for decades, what you see is that the ends justify the means so long as the means are profit for the shareholders because it's at the exclusion of everything else by its very description. Uh, so if we fast forward years down the road, there's a, a, a competing theory called stakeholder orientation. So in shareholder primacy, really the shareholder is prime and what is best for them is the, th the thing that becomes the North Star. So if that means uh, it's cheaper to just dump the chemicals in the creek out back or send the jobs somewhere else, uh, you can do that because that's how you maximize profit. What we find is that that's not really the, the best way to organize uh, a culture or a country or uh, the best representation of capitalism itself. And so, you know, capitalism has over the years started to wear a black eye for the behaviors of people in, operating inside of it. In and of itself, it's uh, the greatest engine for generating wealth and lifting people out of poverty across the globe. Uh, so we don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. What, what we need to do is re-engineer how we do business. Uh, that the shareholder is not the only stakeholder that we need to consider when we make decisions inside of our business. So we need to consider other stakeholders like our customers, our employees, our community, our suppliers, the environment that we all share. These are all stakeholders and they're all affected by the decisions we make in our business. Whether or not we use a local supplier, whether we use, uh, whether we recycle, whether we pay our employees uh, a living wage. Uh, these are, you know, these are all decisions that companies have to make. And when, what we start to see when we look at the data is that the companies that are operating consciously, that are taking these things into consideration, are actually doing quite well. And so there's, a, there's enough empirical data to support that shareholder primacy is not, is not the only way to, to generate profit in a business. So I think the, the number one way to understand conscious capitalism is to understand what it's not and, uh, and where it's trying to take us. So I'm not, I'm not sure, I rambled a bit there, I'm not sure if I quite got to your answer. No, but. absolutely did. And, and so if, if there's anybody listening that's like, I'm totally bought into this concept, you know, how does it play out specifically? Um, you know, what are some of the tenets that people who are wanting to run their business with the conscious capitalism model would follow um, in order to make, make that happen? Sure. So, you know, one of the things to, to look at for conscious capitalism is that, in my opinion, uh, it's a big tent. Mm. Okay, so um, it's a great place for people who have that feeling that there has to be a better way, <laughs> uh, that, that uh, taking advantage of suppliers or your, your employees or your customers um, or the environment just for financial gains is, is not the recipe for a long-term win. 
Uh, it's more of a transactional model of business than a relationship model of business. But conscious capitalism itself in the movement is, is non-prescriptive. In other words, we're not telling you, or it's not telling you, how to run your business. Uh, it's just giving you the opportunity to look at your business in a different way and look at specifically the decisions you make inside your business. So um, really the, the thing to do is I, I'd say start at uh, the website. You can take a look at it or you can pick up a book. Uh, John Mackey and Raj Sasodia wrote a book called Conscious Capitalism. Uh, years ago, they've since followed it with a field guide to conscious capitalism, which talks about the actual blocking and tackling of it in your business. And uh, those are great places to start. But um, it's, it's, not, uh, it's, not, it's not necessarily a, a scorecard. No one's going to come in and say that you're doing it wrong. Really, there's, there's four main tenets to conscious capitalism. Uh, the first is stakeholder orientation, which we've kind of talked about today. The distinction between just taking care of your shareholders and taking care of a larger consideration of people. Uh, the second is conscious leadership. The third is conscious culture. And the fourth is higher purpose. So really, you know, you can, you can drill down inside of those four main areas of conscious capitalism. And, you know, really just, I would say, start with the pieces that resonate with you. Start with, uh, you know, follow your curiosity. And... Um, I think when we, we look around at you know, the current climate of business uh, and I think most frighteningly uh, young people's perception of uh, the word capitalism versus the word socialism as an organizing economic theory uh, that they promote, I think, I think you know, capitalism needs, needs some support and uh, I think this is, a, this is a great place to start. A great place to, to organize people, to bring people together who have who are like-minded and want to you know, operate uh, in this way. They, they can first kind of connect with each other and, uh, and you know, then, like I said, kind of uh, cure some of that intellectual loneliness. <laughs> uh -huh. and, then, and then we can start to you know, kind of come together as a synergy to do bigger things. So if, if there's somebody out there listening, you know, what, what are some of, and, and they're thinking, oh, this sounds great, but you know, what about this, that, and the other, what are some of the, you know, what are the, the pitfalls or the things that people point out for why they can't do this? Um, this, you know, adding this into their philosophy, their culture, their business strategy, and how would you say, you know, maybe they could overcome that perception? Sure, I think that's a great question. Um, I've heard a couple different things. Uh, the, the first one is, um, can you make money this way? Mm -hmm. Sounds like everything you're promoting is more expensive, to you know, from a, from the way to run a business. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, certainly paying someone a living wage is more expensive than not. Um, you know, getting your you know using suppliers locally, to support your community and reduce your carbon footprint. Um, that might be in the short term more expensive than an alternative which does not take any of those other stakeholders into consideration. Uh, however, there is, like I, like I shared earlier, and I think the BlackRock CEO uh, wrote, had an open letter that basically said to his investors, listen, you know, this, this social responsibility is, is, uh, is a wave that's coming. And you know, if you want to continue to see investment from our organization, we're going to be looking for these things in the companies that we promote. So 
you know, I would say that it's it's something that is going to continue to grow in importance and in significance, especially with these younger generations that are going to come behind us, us being Generation X and the baby boomers, and uh, want to clean up some of the mess. I would agree. I think you see it in the way people are, um, you know, electing officials now, the way that they're choosing um, the type of, of businesses that they invest their money in, in a way that they didn't used to before. They used to just, you know, pass it along to somebody. And now they're being very, I hate to use the word, but conscious or deliberate about, you know, what they're financing and, and the people that they're partnering with. So it sounds to me like you're definitely on, on to something there. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The, the you know, if you look at the the studies, the young people, the the millennials and the generation behind them, uh, are they're seeking out companies that have these uh, tenants, you know, kind of baked into their business as a place to work. Uh, they're voting with their wallet. They're doing business with socially responsible companies. Um, they're looking for directories of companies that are following these these morals or values uh, so that they can do business with them. And, you know, I think that there's, there's certainly going to be some value for the early adopters mm -hmm. who are able to be leaders and certainly much less value for the, the latecomers who are going to be perceived as just jumping on the bandwagon to survive. Yeah, so I think it's it's a critical thing to to take a look at if if you're a business owner to to understand the changing di dynamics, um, not only within uh, capitalism but within the the younger generation's culture as well. So you mentioned earlier that conscious capitalism is kind of a big tent, a big umbrella, mm -hmm. um, and that it's not really measured or tracked or anything like that. Um, but you did mention in our conversation that there that there's a more stringent um, system that if somebody really wanted to go into that, um, I think you said it was B corporations. So, yes, uh, there there are. So a benefit corporation or a B corp, there's there's two things we need to clarify there. The first is an arrangement that you make with the, the secretary of state in your state. I think right now of the fifty states. Um, it's, I think it's about 34, it might be 39, uh, states have adopted benefit corporation uh, legislation. Uh, it's a, basically a corporate organizational stru uh, structure that enables uh, the, the stakeholders of, of companies or the, the owners of companies to basically bake their values into the organizing structure of their corporation so that they, they have the legal recourse should uh, should a shareholder try to accuse them of neglecting their fiduciary responsibility to maximize profit for shareholders, they can then point to their organizing documents and say, as we said right up front that we, we are organized to provide these values. And uh, so they can say, you know, we're going to make this decision that's in the best interest of these stakeholders, not you shareholders, but these stakeholders and, and not be sued for it. So there's, we're going to make a distinction between benefit corporation as a corporate status and benefit corporate or benefit certification, benefit corp certification, uh, which is uh, a more rigorous form of basically self-measurement to validate uh, to yourself and to the marketplace that you are actually living these values because as, you know, as 
difficult as it is to discuss, we have to consider that there, there could be bad actors who would, I think the term in the industry is called greenwash, mm -hmm. uh, I call it sheep's clothing, uh, declare themselves as a conscious capitalist uh, and you know, use these, these tenets in marketing materials, but perhaps not truly implement them in their company. So if you really want to know who the, not only the best companies in the world, but the best companies for the world are, then you can start to look at B Corp certification. And uh, that is basically uh, a, a 200 point scale that companies are scored on to determine a number of different um, areas of their business, how effective they're being at, at living out these values, whether it's in their governance, whether it's in their you know, environmental activity, whether it's how they take care of their, their employees. Um, you, have to, you have to achieve over 80 points out of a possible 200 in order to achieve this, this certification. And it's granted by a nonprofit. And uh, you know, once you're in, once you have that certification, that's that's certainly rare air. What you'll find when you start to dig deeper into this is that uh, if we talked about how important it is to young people, it's also important to educational institutions. There are Ivy League colleges now uh, in, up in the Northeast that are granting students that graduate and go directly to work for a certified B Corp. They're granting them loan forgiveness on wow. um, college debt. Uh, it's, so it's, like I said, it, it's a wave uh, that's, I used to say it's coming. I, I get corrected and people say it's here. <laughs> um, so it's, it's certainly a, a fun thing for me to study. Uh, it's been very, very healthy for me <laughs> mentally and emotionally to, to figure out that all the frustrations and friction operationally that I felt in the, the previous areas of my business life um, that I'm not alone in thinking that there has to be a better way for us to organize our businesses and treat each other, uh, which you know, really, I think, boils down to just the golden rule. Sure, sure. So, you know, all of this is great. It's in the real estate industry, we, we see a lot of ideas. And, and before I was in real estate, I was also an educator. And so there's lots of, you know, information coming at you and best practices and strategies. Um, but if somebody really wanted, somebody could totally do this on their own. I love that they have um, their own uh, stratus. What's the word I'm looking for? They have their own hierarchy of how involved you can or want to get into into you know diving deep into this philosophy, this movement. Um, but if somebody doesn't have the time, like maybe they have the want and the desire, but they don't have the time or don't have you know, the, the fancy words or standard operating procedures to be able to really implement this in their own business, um, that's kind of where your Ethos Rx comes in is because you've taken these ideas and, and put them to work for people. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. So, I, when, I, when I left, I was doing commercial mortgage-backed securities restructuring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I left that, uh, I... Uh, was also you know I was still I was still in the real estate industry just in on a, in a different avenue with my own business and um, was was invited in to do some sales process consulting and uh, what I learned through that year of doing sales process consulting for small to medium sized businesses here in the community uh, was that the problems that we were invited in to solve inside of the sales organization 
um, which I call the presenting problems, are really not the, the, the problems that need to be worked on. They were symptomatic of cultural problems inside the company, leadership problems inside the company, um, a failure to have stakeholder orientation inside of a company that, that really the, what I needed to work on, what I wanted to work on first was, was fixing the environment in which the work was done to manufacture a, a better desire for people to engage and feel less isolated and, and vulnerable at work so that they could bring their whole selves to work. Uh, the Gallup organization runs a 12-month rolling study on, on employee engagement and their numbers are just staggering that you know, over two-thirds of employees that they measure are disengaged at work. Uh, they're showing up in, in, in body only, not in mind. Um, and you know, they, they feel part of that is because they feel isolated and vulnerable. And that's not really how we're wired to work. And so I started Ethos RX uh, because what I realized was that I could have the, the best process, the, the best skill building ideas, but if people didn't want to work, then none of that was really going to be, was really going to accomplish what I would, what I've been retained to do in a sales, sales consulting capacity. And Ethos RX was really me taking uh, what I consider to be the cart before the horse and putting them in the right order. So there certainly is time for process, but it is not before we've uh, really worked on the collaboration piece and the, the leadership piece so that everybody shows up to work you know, aligned in their values with a clear purpose and uh, the distinction of integrity so that everybody's bringing their best to the table because it's really transformational what's possible when you get everyone's oars in the water and everybody rowing in the same direction. Mm, definitely. Well, how can people find more about conscious capitalism? I think you mentioned it before, but I just want to, you know, wrap that back around. And also if they, you know, want to get in touch with you professionally, um, how they could contact you. Sure. I would say that a good place to start is a website called Florida for Good. Uh, it's an organization uh, that started here in the state of Florida uh, that was brought together to help people measure their impact in, uh, in, a, in kind of an easier on-ramp sort, uh, sort of way. Uh, out of that Florida for Good movement, St. Pete for Good has, has started and just launched Central Florida for Good. Uh, so these are, these are great local grassroots, uh, basically conduits for this type of information for you to understand how you're doing anonymously in your own business, living out these values. Uh, certainly I'd recommend, if you're interested in, in learning more about where this came from or where it's going, you know, pick up uh, an audio book or the, the printed material that John Mackey and Raj Sodi put together, the Conscious Capitalism book or the Conscious Capitalism field guide. Um, you, know, you, can, you can come out to, you can go to the Conscious Capitalism Florida website and take a look at our calendar of events. Come out and join us for an event. Florida for Good has events locally as well. I'd say, you know, come around, meet some of the people, and um, I think you'll, you know, if this is, if this is kind of a, a feeling that you've had as well, that there has to be a better way, uh, then I think, you, you know, you'll find yourself in good company. Awesome. 
thank you very much for the conversation and uh, hopefully this was uh, inspiring for all the listeners. It was certainly inspiring for me. Is there anything, any last thoughts, things that I, I may have missed or we didn't cover that you'd like to share? Uh, sure. I don't, I don't think I answered where you can find me. Oh, that's um, right. <laughs> that was, uh, that was my fault. Um, you, you know, ethos, R-X, E-T-H-O-S, R-X.com, uh, is my website. I'd say, you know, take a look there and, um, you know, my, you can find my contact information there and, and certainly reach out to me. We can have a discussion. I think we can both determine pretty quick, um, you know, what, what's in it for you and kind of take it from there. Other than that, I'd, I'll just uh, you know thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to, to talk more about this, share this with your listeners and uh, our, our fellow Largo residents. I love um, it. It's something that is extremely um, meaningful to me and has become kind of a, a, a passion. I feel like I'm you know a better version of myself than I've ever been, and uh, so I, I I look forward to you know meeting others who are on the same mission. Awesome. Go out there and do some good in the world. This has been another episode of Largo, Florida Local with Melissa Honeycutt, your realtor and guide to living, working, and playing in mid-Pinellas County. If you have any questions or any comments about today's episode, please text me at 727-314-2120.